This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition heading into week 13. How's everybody doing? I hope we all had a nice Thanksgiving holiday. Some pretty good games over the last week. But yeah, we're getting to crunch time. There is a lot of stuff to cover this week, a lot of shenanigans. So let's just get right into it. We'll get you guys all set up for week 13, and hopefully we can lock down those playoff berths. Okay, so we'll start with a little transparency, as is tradition. So last week in week 12 for the written edition, the written article over at the idpshow.com, I was 84% accurate on 69 adjusted calls, 75 originally with six guys that were either inactive or injured during play. 43% of all correct calls were massive hits, so they doubled, tripled, quadrupled projection, etc., So really good week. Anything above 80%, I'm a big fan of. But as I've mentioned before, lifetime, it's it's about 72%, 75%, something like that over the last four or five years. So really good uh, week last week. We're 81% accurate for the season with 46% of all correct calls ending up as massive hits. Let's look at some transparency for the audio edition last week. We'll start with the cornerbacks ones and twos. So Benjamin St. Just passed his projection. DJ Reed tripled his projection. Nate Hobbs doubled his projection. Razul Douglas went past his projection. Darius Slay doubled his projection. Tyreek Stevenson was inactive due to an injury. Some dart throw transparency for last week. Audio edition. Carrington Valentine went past his projection. Darius Williams had a bit of a stinker. He was under projection. Kenny Moore also had a stinker. He was under projection. Kyler Gordon doubled his projection. Brandon Stevens doubled his projection. Teron Johnson went past his projection. And then Marcus Peters was benched and cut. Not great. So is what it is, I guess, on that. So nine of 13 audio recommendations were correct. Five out of those nine that were correct were massive hits. We had one inactive with Tyreek Stevenson two legitimate misses, and one act of God with Marcus Peters. So pretty good week. All right, let's move on to week 13 here. Let's look at what I believe to be are the best matchups for week 13. Just a quick note before we get into this. So I've mentioned this before. The team statistics I'll be mentioning are about a week off. That's because I'm doing this so early in the week to try and get you guys this info before waivers run. That is especially a problem this week because we had a bunch of games that happened on Thursday, one that happened on Friday. All the wide receiver targets statistics updated for those teams, but not for the teams that played Sunday or uh, Monday night as well. So a few teams have those wide receiver targets and the rest of the teams don't. So it's going to jam things up a little bit, but we'll still have a pretty good idea of what these values are. All right. Best matchups week 13, Lions at Saints is the first one I want to talk about. So there have been some rumblings that crazy Jameis Winston could be playing this week. If that is the case, upgrade the Lions options by a little bit. He is definitely God's gift to opposing streaming cornerbacks. Tons of completions, tons of interceptions, tons of passing offense if Jameis plays. Regardless, it's a 45.5 point over under, which is pretty good. 
The Lions are the third best passing attack in the league. The Saints are just outside the top 10. Lions are middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, and the Saints are within the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. So pretty good setup, and it's an indoor game in New Orleans, so things are looking good for Lions at Saints. I like that one in Week 13. I also like Dolphins at Commanders. I actually like this one the best this week. This is probably the best matchup of the week. So this has got a 49-point over-under, which is indicative of tons of offense and a good back-and-forth affair. Both of these passing offenses are within the top 10. The Dolphins are number one, and the Commanders are number 10. The Dolphins also have the fifth-best wide receiver target ranking, and the Commanders have the second-best wide receiver target ranking. The only negative for this game is it's outdoors in Washington uh towards the end of november so weather could be an option or an issue rather uh so just keep an eye on that but dolphins at commanders looks great on paper no doubt some of the best one-sided matchups for week 13 include the seahawks side of cowboys seahawks so dallas right now is the fifth best passing attack in the league they target their wide receivers the 10th most in the league this has got a 45 and a half point over under which indicates a good amount of offense that we should be seeing. So great Devin Witherspoon week, and we'll talk about some other Seahawks options later. I like the Patriots side of Chargers-Patriots for another good one-sided matchup this week. Chargers are the ninth best passing offense in the league. They target their wide receivers the fourth most overall. So pretty good setup for our Patriots corners this week. I also like the Broncos side of Broncos at Texans this week. This is an indoor game, which always helps. Texans are the second best passing offense in the league. They target their wide receivers the sixth most in the league. So great setup for our Broncos corners this week. I also like 49ers at Eagles. And when you look at this thing from like 30,000 feet, it looks like a great overall matchup, but it's not. When, when you really focus in and zoom in on it, you see that the, the 49ers corners are in for a good week against the Eagles 12th ranked passing attack that targets their wide receivers among the middle of the pack. Probably better than that because they're one of those teams that did not get their wide receiver targets counted yet for uh, for team statistics. So they're better than that. They're better than middle of the pack. This has got a 45.5 point over under. The Niners have a top 10 passing attack as well. The problem is they are only 31st, I believe it is, in the league for wide receiver targets. Most of their passing attempts go to Kittle or CMC out of the backfield with a smattering here or there to Debo and IU. So it really is only one-sided matchup, one side of a good matchup here. But I do like the 49ers corners quite a bit in that one. Uh, and the last one-sided matchup I like for Week 13 is the Packers side of Chiefs-Packers. Uh, so the Chiefs have the sixth best passing attack in the league. Their wide receiver targets are middle of the pack. But once again, this is another one of those teams that um, hadn't had those targets counted yet when I started writing and podcasting for this week. So it's probably better than middle of the pack. And the eyeball test, they looked much better as a passing offense last week against the Raiders. Packers have a similar defense, i.e. not good. So I think they'll be able to cook a little bit this week and you know score some points, complete some passes. That's good news for our Packers corners. Worst matchups for Week 13 include Falcons at Jets. This has only got a 36.5 point over under. That is brutal. That is really bad. 
it's also outdoors at, yeah, beginning of December is when this is going to happen. So outdoors, beginning of December in New York, Windy Stadium, it's going to be cold, not great. The Falcons are within the worst third of the league for passing offense. Yeah, so not great. And they're dead last for wide receiver targets. The Falcons are the worst team in the league for targeting their wide receivers. So not a good setup for our Jets. And just as bad for our Falcons corners. So the Jets are the 31st ranked passing attack in the league. And they only target their wide receivers the 27th most in the league. So really not good. That is not a good matchup. I'm avoiding that one like the plague this week. I am also avoiding Cardinals at Steelers. This has got a 39 and a half point over under. It's outdoors in Pittsburgh in early December. So weather could and should be a factor. The Cardinals are the 28th overall passing attack. It has not improved since Kyler Murray got back. They only target their wide receivers 21st most in the league. That's not great. And the Steelers are the 30th overall passing attack and only target their wide receivers the 26th most in the league. So very bad matchup there. I am staying away from that one as well. Plus, we got shenanigans with the Cardinals cornerback core, which we'll talk about later. So, yep, those were the worst matchups for week 13. Let's have a look at some likely cornerback ones and twos heading into this week. So the first one is pretty obvious. Devin Witherspoon up against the Cowboys with their fifth overall passing attack, and they target their wide receivers the 10th most in the league. Witherspoon's been great regardless. He excelled last week against a 49ers team that only targets their wide receivers the 31st most in the league, and he got it done there. I think he had 18 or maybe more points in in most of my leagues. He had like two or three pass defenses, a smattering of tackles. He's going to get it done regardless. And up against this powerful Cowboys passing attack, he's in a great situation to really excel this week. I like him quite a bit this week. I also like Paulson Adebo to get back on track against the Lions. They had a pretty bad matchup last week with the Falcons. I I warned everyone off that, which was good because he didn't do much. But this week, things are looking a lot better. So Adebo will be up against the Lions, third overall ranked passing attack that targets their wide receivers among the middle of the pack. The Lions still also have the second overall time of possession ranking, and the Saints aren't that good. So things could add up here where the Saints end up spending extra time on the field defensively, and that always helps. So Adebo is in a great position to have a good week in Week 13. I also like Jalen Ramsey of the Dolphins up against the Commanders. The Commanders have the 10th overall passing attack in the league. They target their wide receivers a ton the second most in the league, and they have a very mistake-prone quarterback. We had this exact uh, same conversation last week when I talked about Deron Bland taking advantage of all these same factors. And this week, it's Jalen Ramsey that gets to take advantage of those factors. So I think he's in for a huge week against this very pass-happy commander's offense that just makes mistakes all the time. On the other side of that matchup, I like Benjamin St. Juiced up against the Dolphins in their best-in-the-league passing attack, and they're, they've been targeting their wide receivers the fifth most overall. So great setup for Benjamin St. Juiced. Also a pretty good setup this week for Chavarius Ward as a cornerback one or two up against the Eagles. Eagles have the 12th best passing attack in the league, but we know it's capable. It, it, can, it can be great any given week. Just depends if we get the passing or the running Eagles. And I'm just hoping we get the passing Eagles this week. But regardless, Ward should be in a pretty good spot and he's having a great season. 
So I think he's good to go. This last cornerback one or two for week 13 is a little iffy. So Cam Taylor Britt, if he's able to play, he was inactive last week due to injury, would play Monday night against the Jaguars, who are middle of the pack, both for passing offense and for wide receiver targets. But that that doesn't really matter. They've got enough offense to make this work. And Cam Taylor Britt, prior to missing last week with injury, had nine straight games of double-digit points and is having an excellent season. He was in the middle of a huge hot streak when that injury took him out. So this is a good setup for him to get right back on track if he can play for Monday Night Football. All right, some dart throws I like for Week 13 include Deron Bland. You know, he's, he's a good bet any given week. He's had the lesser of all evils effect happening all season, although it's kind of weird because he's the most evil now. It's, you know, st- he's more dangerous than Stefan Gilmore at this point. Uh, but opposing teams continue to target him and he continues to make them pay. Uh, the Seahawks will very likely end up in a negative game script at some point. It, as a Cowboys fan, there's one of two ways this game's going to go. Either the Seahawks end up in a negative game script and it becomes a good setup for Deron Bland and Stephon Gilmore, or the Seahawks just win, even though the Cowboys are nine-point favorites. This is exactly the type of game they lose. So that's a, that's a legit possibility as well. I'm just hoping it's the first one and we get a good Deron Bland week. Another dart throw I like in week 13 would be Brian Branch up against the Saints. So the Saints are within the top third of the league for overall passing offense. Same for wide receiver targets. If Jameis Winston plays, this could be perfect. Regardless, they're probably going to have to pass a decent amount to stay with the Lions in their excellent offense. So good Brian Branch week in store for this week, I think. On the other side of that matchup, I like Elante Taylor. So his one negative factor, his playing time, has been fixed with Marshawn Lattimore out of the lineup for that injury that's going to keep him out for a few more weeks here, it looks like. So Taylor was up to, I believe it was like 95% of snaps, you know, helping to make up for some of those missing snaps with Lattimore out. So Alante Taylor should see great playing time this week and be up against a Lions third overall passing attack. So that's a good setup for him. Absolutely. Indoor game as well. So that always helps. I also like Roger McCreary of the Titans up against the Colts. Colts are only middle of the pack for passing offense and middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. I've got no data to back this one up. It's just a feeling. McCreary is a very productive IDP cornerback option. He's been a little too quiet lately. He's due for a big game. This is a divisional game. Neither defense is real great. Both both of them are pretty banged up. So I feel like, you know, McCreary could shine this week in a uh, little bit of a back and forth affair. Another dart throw I like for week 13 is Kendall Fuller up against the Dolphins and their best in the league passing attack and fifth overall wide receiver targets ranking. Him and St. Juice should be spectacular this week. All right, another few dart throws here. I like Jaquan McMillian of the Broncos up against, excuse me, the Texans this week. So McMillian did see a little bit of a playing time bump last week against the Browns up to 81% of snaps. He probably will play even more uh, than that against this Texans passing attack that's second in the league and sixth in the league when it comes to wide receiver targets. So really good setup for him. He's got the lesser of all evils effect going for him. Uh, so this this is a good setup for Jaquan McMillian. And last three, I like Diamador Lenoir, 49ers, up against the Eagles for the same exact reasons as Javarius Ward. 
I think he'll just be in a good situation to produce, and he's he's been a pretty good option all season regardless. I like Carrington Valentine Packers up against the Chiefs and their sixth overall passing attack. Carrington Valentine definitely has the lesser of all evils effect going for him, especially if Jair Alexander can play this week, then they would avoid the hell out of, out of Alexander and Keyshawn Nixon and target Valentine and pick on him a little bit. So I think he's in for a good week. And my last dart throw for week 13 is Mike Hilton. He's been on an incredible hot streak. So he's passed his projection the last seven weeks in a row. He's had massive hits four out of his last five games. Excuse me. He's had massive hits his last four games and five out of his last six games overall. And they're up against the Jags, which is a pretty good offense overall and a pretty good passing offense. We got some injuries as well with the Bengals. Cam Taylor Britt is banged up. So Hilton has seen a little bit of bump in playing time. May see another one this week. Just a good setup. Good setup for Mike Hilton to keep it going. So those are some dart throws and cornerback one slash two options for week 13. Let's move on to the worst ideas that may seem good. Week 13 edition. So JC Jackson. Got a great matchup this week. Chargers, top 10 overall passing offense, top 10 wide receiver targets. A spectacular setup, right? Problem is, J.C. Jackson just a couple weeks ago was banned from taking the team plane to fly to Germany. He was cut by the Chargers before that. His playing time has fluctuated the entire season. He is anything but trustworthy. So this could be a situation where we start him and he has a great week and no one thinks about it ever again, or we could start him and he could not play at all and we could eat a zero. And most of us are a couple weeks away from fantasy playoffs starting and we can't afford that right now. So I would just stay the hell away. That's my plan. Another bad idea that may seem good this week in full disclosure, I'm doing this anyway. I don't care is Kenny Moore against the Titans. The Titans are bad as a passing offense. 27th overall, 29th for wide receiver targets. If it ain't DeAndre Hopkins, that wide receiver is not getting targeted. End of story. So, you know, not a great setup on paper for Kenny Moore. I don't care, though. Kenny Moore is Kenny Moore. He finds ways to get it done against the worst of teams in the weirdest of ways. So I'm going to do it anyway, but I'm just saying it out loud. It's not a good idea for this week. And then the last couple things that I think may be horrendous ideas for week 13 include, I talked about this a little bit already, Darius Slay or James Bradbury against the 49ers. So if you go and look at the actual targets that the 49ers have every week, the majority of them are to tight end or running back. They do not target their wide receivers, and that reflects accurately in their 31st overall wide receiver target ranking. It could be a very slow, boring day for Darius Slay and James Bradbury without much for them to do. That is a legit possibility. So just saying it out loud, I know Slay has been excellent all season long. I know this matchup has a high over-under. I know the 49ers have a top 10 passing attack, but it, it's, it's not done through wide receiver targets. That's not what I'm seeing. So on paper, not a good setup for either of those guys. Alrighty, and we will wrap up this week's edition with a ton of miscellaneous notes because there were many shenanigans last week. So first things first, just want to take a slight bow here. So I did nail the Duran Bland call. He did beat the record last week. I predicted it correctly. The setup was correct, right? So 
you know, he's got another decent setup this week against a Seattle team that could end up in a negative game script. We talked about that previously. But what I'd, what I'd like to say more about this is the same setup exists for Jalen Ramsey this week. So, I, you know, once again, I feel like he's in a spectacular position to have a huge week. You know, the commanders are God's gift to opposing streaming cornerback. That is for sure. Just all the right factors for massive numbers when it comes to opposing streaming quarterback. All right, next thing I want to talk about, Michael Davis, Chargers cornerback. We've talked about him for got to be five or six weeks now. Every every week it's been, he's benched, he's backed, he's benched, he's back, he's benched, he's back. Well, I saw on DraftKings last week that they had listed him for combined tackles for a bet. And I absolutely smashed that. I smashed the under. Not only was it a pretty good setup because they had the Ravens, who are not a great passing attack, but there was a good possibility he wouldn't play at all. And that's exactly what happened. He only played 19% of special teams snaps and zero actual defensive snaps. Las Vegas had no idea that was coming, but we did because we've been looking at this stuff, you know, since week one. So I was able to real life profit off of some of this information, which is pretty cool. Speaking of the Chargers, their third cornerback slot is also having some shenanigans right now. So Jasir Taylor has been the option there for the majority of the season. He was benched and displaced by Isang Bassi last week, according to what I saw. You know, that not a great option to begin with, so we really don't have to worry about this. But it's just a symptom of a bigger problem. When it comes to Chargers cornerbacks, if it's not Asante Samuel, it is not safe right now. End of story. All righty, moving on. So when it comes to the Saints, last week we mentioned that likely the replacement for Lattimore was going to be Isaac Yadam. That's exactly who it was. He played 71% of snaps last week against the Falcons team that does not pass the ball. You should see many more snaps this week against a Lions team that is the third overall passing attack. So that's a good deep league spot start or week or two start until Lattimore comes back. Option, if you need it, Isaac Yadam Saints. More shenanigans. So Marco Wilson, who's been a great option for us the entire season, was benched by the Cardinals last week. Not great. So Kytrell Clark is back. Garrett Williams has seen a bump in playing time. And it would appear that the Cardinal, Cardinals are in full-on see-what-we've-got mode, right? So that's not good. We can't trust literally anything on the Cardinals right now when it comes to cornerbacks. So that's basically removing an entire team, you know, an entire team's worth of streaming cornerback options. Not great, but it is what it is. There's, you know, if Marco Wilson is getting the rug pulled out from under him, then we can't trust anyone because we've already seen it happen with Kytrell Clark and Antonio Hamilton. Garrett Williams is a guy that hasn't been there all season. He was a guy that came out of nowhere. So we can't trust anything right now. The only good news out of that with the Cardinals is they're playing the Steelers this week. So, you know, we'd be skipping it anyway because the Steelers are a horrendous passing offense. They're not good. So, you know, that'll at least give us a week to see if this thing settles down a little bit and we at least get one or two options back from the Cardinals. But right now we can't trust anything coming out of the Cardinals cornerback. Speaking of very untrustworthy cornerback cores, so Marcus Peters was benched by the Raiders last week and then cut the day after. That means that Amik Robertson is back in play. Jacorian Bennett will likely get moved up a little bit as well, maybe to the third cornerback slot. 
And I think the only good news that comes out of this is this pretty pretty much guarantees Nate Hobbs is, you know, not going to see those 75, 80% snap share weeks that we've had to deal with, it, it, you know, other parts of this season. That should be over and done with. He should be a 100% of snaps corner for the rest of the way through the year here. So that's good news. But obviously, Peters getting airlocked is, is not good news. He's been good to us most of this season. So pour some out for Marcus Peters. And, you know, if it ain't Nate Hobbs, it's probably not trustworthy on the Raiders at the moment. Okay, speaking of more shenanigans here. So, you know, this is why I have this section. This is why I have the miscellaneous notes section. I played against an opponent this week who started Elijah Molden and started Damari Mathis. So Damari Mathis has not been a starter since week five or six this season. And Elijah Molden loses about half his snaps when Sean Murphy bunting is healthy, which is exactly what happened this week. Molden only played 49% of snaps, didn't do much at all. And Damari Mathis did nothing because he's not a starter and hasn't been, you know, for a couple few months here. So in that matchup against this opponent, I won by just over 20 points. And if this guy had been either listening to this podcast or even better, reading the article, he wouldn't have made those mistakes and he might have won the matchup. So, you know, there there are reasons that we do this. Okay, mentioning this again, Panthers cornerback core is still a mess. Dante Jackson is the still the only safe option. We'll see if this week gives us any more information that helps, you know, settle that down and clear that up. And also a couple third cornerbacks that have been displaced and replaced for the 49ers. It would appear Ambry Thomas is for real as the third cornerback for them, displacing Isaiah Oliver, I believe it was. So that appears safe. Thomas has started a couple few weeks in a row now. And then Bradley Roby for the Eagles is getting some traction as the third cornerback. That's not entirely set in stone yet, but Ambry Thomas is safe for the Niners. We'll keep an eye on Bradley Roby. Over in Los Angeles for the Rams, their cornerback core is also an absolute mess. So Akella Witherspoon lost 40% of his snaps randomly last week. He's not hurt. Kobe Durant is all over the place. Darian Kendrick is all over the place. Uh, it's fine this week. They've got the Browns. We weren't going to start any of them anyway, but it's, it's an absolute mess right now. So hopefully it settles down this week and we get some good information. But we've got a lot of this going on. Any of these teams that are out of it and know they're out of it are going to play these games where they start random corners, displace, replace guys, promote guys, demote guys, whatever, just to see what they have, get some real life game film on these guys to see if they're going to keep them going into next year. So that's a problem we're going to be dealing with all the way through fantasy playoffs. I'll do my best to keep you on the right side of things. All right, last two, Benjamin St. Juice has still not missed his projection the entire season. It was a lower projection last week, but he ended up still beating it, and that counts, so we'll take it. And then last but not least, in Seattle, Tariq Woolen was banged up, still played last week, kind of re-aggravated his ankle. Michael Jackson is the direct replacement, so if Tariq Woolen cannot start this week and is inactive, Michael Jackson would be the replacement. And that would be a pretty good spot start against a fifth overall Cowboys offense, passing offense that is top 10 for wide receiver targets, I believe. And that is pretty much it for this week. We got a ton of stuff in there. Before we get out of here, reminder to any LA or California listeners, don't forget about the Touchdown Hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
That is at the Desert 5 spot at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont562 at L-A-M-0-N-T-562 on Twitter. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for reading. Good luck this week, everyone. Crunch time is upon us. But, you know, keep making good decisions and stay on top of things. That's the best we can do. After that, it's up to the fantasy gods. Good luck, everyone. Have a good week. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show.